The following content has been provided by RWTH Aachen University. Now, uh, when you have a when you have a GEL, uh, you might want to extend what it can do beyond what what's sort of built in when when the system is is shipped and and installed. Um, the reason for this is, on the one hand, you might have to or you might want to provide new graphics objects or or, or drawing actions um, for performance reasons. Um, and on the other hand, you might want to support new devices. Um, let me give you an example. Um, <coughs> let's say you are really drawing, I don't know, tiny little stars a lot. Okay? You could draw every single one of those stars by sending the corresponding uh, line commands to the GEL. You could also teach the GEL how to draw a star once you tell it you know, how many spikes it has and how big it's supposed to be. Um, just sending it you know, two or three integer values and say, draw a star with these values at this location. That would be way more efficient if the GEL knew how to do that because you wouldn't have all these you know, line drawings going on. So teaching the GEL new tricks might be a valuable thing to have. Um, in most systems, however, this is not possible for somebody who is writing an application. If you're not the Windows system developer yourself, you usually don't have access to any ways to extend the GL. Now, some systems are exceptions here. Um, for example, if you take the, uh, the venerable old um, X window system, the X11 system, uh, that's used on many Unix um, uh, uh, systems as the Windows system above the Unix um, textual interface, then that allows you to extend the GL because you do have access to the source code, so you could go in and actually add something to it. But that would make your, X, your GL incompatible with everybody else's, so applications you write would be for that specific extended GL and not for anybody else. A much more elegant solution was taken by the new system, and again, you can read about this in the, in the article that we've uh, given you guys, um, where you would actually able to extend the existing um, GL by teaching it new tricks. Why? Because the new system, as we already know, used a display postscript engine, and it was basically doing all its drawing um, by receiving drawing commands, postscript drawing commands. So, and postscript is code, and postscript allows you to define functions or, or procedures that you then later call. So you could just basically tell the GL, here's a little procedure that draws a star, please remember that, and then later on, you could call that procedure and tell it, oh, draw a star with this, draw a star with this. So this is interesting for drawing you know, more complex shapes or maybe for like a pattern that you want to draw a lot that you don't want to put together out of individual drawing commands all the time. Um, that was an example of, of an extensible GL. Now, I don't expect you guys to ever in your life encounter an actual running use system. Uh, but remember, this class is about understanding concepts that people have used in some systems and remembering those concepts in the back of your head so when you are tasked with maybe building a new window system for a new architecture, saying like, oh, you know, extensibility and uploading code, there might be, you know, is that an interesting thing to do? Would that be valuable for us? So in summary, the GL hides the hardware and the operating system aspects from the upper layers. It provides sort of a virtual graphics machine and a virtual event machine, if you like. Um, technically, it's often hard to tease apart from the base window system, the next layer up. Why? Because they're often implemented in the same address space 
essentially just, you know, library calls, function calls, procedure calls, method calls, you know, calling each other. They're not usually a separate GEL process running that gets, you know, inter-process communication from the base window system. Again, that's for performance reasons. Um, you usually put them into the same address space because that's very quick too. It's much quicker to call a procedure in you know, your own process rather than telling a different process on your computer to do something. Um, a lot of the GEL objects that we've encountered here, fonts, canvases, etc., events obviously, will have, you could say, peer objects, you know, corresponding objects on higher levels. Because obviously when you're writing an application even as an application developer and you're talking to the highest level of your toolkit, the UI toolkit for example, you will still want to sometimes think about, oh, I need to look at this event that came in because I want to process it especially in my application. Um, so there will often be objects, data structures with similar names in the higher la layers of our Windows system architecture that you've seen here now. So for example, um, the base window system that we're going to look at next has a data structure called a window and that window in order to have some place to store what is inside the window uses a canvas um, and that's a canvas data structure that's very similar to the one uh, that we've just looked at at the GEL with a few exceptions but we'll talk about how the differences are. All right so that's the graphics event library. We've seen this before. This just summarizes what we said about it. Um, we've moved from sort of uh, device-dependent events to canonical events, and we've moved from um, graphics uh, objects and actions and logical screen coordinates to actually mapping it onto the graphics hardware. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.